Welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators, a monthly podcast series where two black men from the state of Maryland debate and get their hot takes on movies, professional wrestling, and TV shows. So have a listen, have a look-see, but nonetheless, enjoy. Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Hey, what's up? 301 Colored Commentators, we're back in the building. For sure. Um, This is episode number 11 for you guys. Um, Today we're going to be talking about um, all the old WWF programming from back in the 1980s to the mid-90s. Um, the American Horror Story anthology uh, series, Freak Show, Season 4. And the very first Nightmare on Elm Street movie as well, too. From 84. From 84, yeah, the OG. Yeah. Yeah, before we get into that, we're just going to talk about what we're currently up to, current events, what we're listening to. Speak yeah. on it. You got your uh, Afrobeats? Afrobeats, yeah, man. <laughs> I got a story to tell, man. Yeah. Uh, my man, me and Rexy uh, try to go to uh, this artist named Ashake, who's currently probably has the hottest Nigerian Afrobeats album out there. Yeah. And it was a disaster. The concert was a disaster. We ain't even make it in there, dog. We How were come? we were in line for three hours. They open first of all, his management needs to be fired because them all them motherfuckers booked a venue that was supposed to be for weddings instead of an actual concert venue in Patapsico, Baltimore. <laughs> Bruh. And they overbooked the shit. So, like, we were in line for like three hours. It was cool. It was cold. We were rapping. We almost get to the front. Then we look at the front. We're like, nah, dog. Nothing. Bruh. The crowd at the front was so ridiculously disorganized. The shit looked like at any point in time, it could pop off into someone getting stabbed or shot. Oh, because, damn. first of all, there wasn't enough security to begin with. It looked like this shit was going to be a, a fire hazard because it was fire. just too many people. Fire hazard, you hear that? Yeah, it was bad. Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, we left. We didn't even go. Um, but we heard he ended up just performing two songs. Because what happened was... He bounced after that? Well, yeah, what happened was one of the, yeah, like two security guards. <laughs> one of the security guards got robbed of their gun. So when he heard about that, how, how does that happen? Duh, that's what happens when you don't have enough security. You have overbooked, uh, overbooked. Security guard got robbed of their gun. Of their gun. So he was like, "Wait, <laughs> my security guard no get gun." <laughs> <laughs> my man's dipped after two tracks. So uh, I haven't listened to his album since. I'm still blown. It's a great album though. Um, I spoke about him in the last episode. Uh, other than that, I've been listening to the new Jeezy. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's Snowfall. Uh, oh, he's still Mr. Snowman. He's still Mr. Snowman. You listen to it yet? I haven't heard it, nah, but... It's cool. It's cool. Is, is it, tell, tell me that's modeled after, or at least the cover of the album is modeled after the TV show Snowfall. Somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. It's a good album. Like, the first you, listen, I was like, it was, uh, it's all right. Because you know rappers... Yeah, I listen to it again, it's like, yeah, it's, it's typically, it's like GZ. Definitely GZ. Because I'm saying, you know rappers, they love to, like, model their shit after, like, a right. TV show. Or right, movie. exactly. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, that's basically what I've been listening to for the most part. Um... Uh, Trying to think of what else. Yeah, nothing comes to mind per se. You know. Um, but what about you, man? Raven Justice is a singer slash rapper from uh, Oakland. I, I got put on to recently. I've been listening to his stuff a lot. Going through his music videos. He's a very melodic singing style to him, really. And he talks mostly really? about relationships. But I love his videos. His videos are cinematic. Um, Raven Justice. Yeah, Bright Lights, Big City, full of girls. I just, I just like the narrative that he has in his videos. I'm like, Ooh. it's like Drake, but without the rapping part. Oh, okay. I'm a, I'm a. It sounds interesting. I'm a. Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna give that joint a shot. Yeah, he's straight. He's like was raised in Oakland and ATL, so he's got influences from both cities. Mm, okay, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, anybody else? That's about it. Um, and he's a newer one I'm listening to right now in my car. My CD rotation is all New Jersey rappers: okay. Redman, Joe Budden. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tame One, um, Fuji's. Yeah. Who else? Who I else? actually listened to. Uh, uh, Fuji's like yesterday a little bit mm. yeah the score is still a dope record yeah it was actually the score that I was listening to so yeah 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 wow yeah that's cool I, I keep forgetting Jersey Dew has a decent share of some like good rappers too which we would never which we would never know you know unless they shouted out where they're from because other than that they sound like New Yorkers yeah right? basically because they, they wear New York gear they sound like New Yorkers but if you call them a New Yorker like fuck no we from yeah, Jersey we're from Jersey yeah. like my bad my bad yeah, yeah. Y'all yeah. sound alike to me. Yeah, exactly. Y'all probably can know the difference, but I don't. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Western Connecticut, they're the same thing, too. Really? In yeah. regards to... Sounding like New Yorkers, because that's basically a betting community for New York City. Mm. Yeah, it's nothing New England about that part of Connecticut I was just about to say, I would have assumed, but now that you're saying that, I guess it makes sense. Even SNL made fun of them, too, like during Super Bowl 40... I mean, Super Bowl 52, the Eagles, New England Super Bowl... They have all these different cast members dressed up like a state of New England, but when it comes to Connecticut, you're like, oh yeah, and Connecticut, you're uh, you're our bastard stepchild. <laughs> wow. Like in a sense, they're right. I mean, that's my mother's home state, and I went to school there, yeah. but that part of Connecticut, it's all New York. You don't find no New England gear there, you're no like Boston that. Red Sox, oh, interesting, no Bruins, no Patriots, no Patriots. You find UConn and Yale gear, but pro sports, interesting. They got the Jets, Giants, Nets. Yankees, Mets, even the goddamn Buffalo Bills get played in that part of Connecticut, and they're damn near Canada. Well, you was up there recently, right? I was up there last month. Last actually. month, well, yeah. two months ago for a Labor Day, yeah, Labor Day weekend. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's up. Yeah, that's what's up. Had a, had a fun time up there too. Always have fun when I go to CT. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I guess uh, anything else before we jump into it? Uh, nah, nothing, nothing else currently. Um, um, what's it called? Finished power, power raising Canaan book th- book three. I gotta start that. Still, still. <laughs> I, I finished just finished watching Rami. Yeah, the ending. Yeah, Rami. I'm gonna get started on yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good one. The yeah. ending scene of power of the season finale. That just, it was dope. I loved it. I ain't gonna say what it was. Definitely, you but check it out then. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with well this. Worth it. Yeah. Also. Shout out to my man Fred. Happy birthday. I know oh, yeah. His birthday here. Superstar. Family matters. Yeah, happy yeah. birthday. I'm sorry I couldn't make your birthday yesterday. And I mean that because of what all the pictures I saw now. Ah, yeah. We went there live. Mm-hmm. We went there heavy. Shout out to Fred, man. Yeah, shout out to Fred Star. Yeah, man. That's bro. Um, Yeah, I guess uh, we can... Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, the first topic of discussion is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, written and directed by Wes Craven. It stars Heather Langenkamp. Yeah, the late Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. It stars Heather Langenkamp, John Saxon, Ronnie Blakely, uh, Johnny Depp in his first film debut role, and Robert Englund. He looks as, so young. He does. He looks so young watching that again. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Just, he looks like a kid, literally. You should see him in Platoon two years later. Really? Yeah, he was in that too. As a translator, yeah. as part of the army. I gotta check that out. And yeah. Robert Englund as the uh, as the character Freddy Krueger in his break so. in his breakthrough role. Yeah. After years of being on stage and TV and other minor roles, this one made, this one made him blow up. Yeah. Uh, the plot, it takes place in the fictional town of Springwood, Ohio, where Nancy Thompson, who Heather Langenkamp plays, yeah. she's an average teenage girl who has successive nights of nightmares, right? 
and so do her friends. And her friends start to get murdered one by one, but they all have one thing in common. They all see the same man in their dreams. Mm -hmm. A badly burnt man with a fedora, a dirty and tattered red and green striped sweater, and a razor, and a razor claw. Um, what else? Um, what else? Yeah, and when Nancy confronts her mother about, about who this man is, her mother and the other parents are in denial about it at first, but then they're forced to reveal who this individual, Fred Krueger, is. Yeah. A demented child murderer who murdered 20 or 30 kids on Elm Street, got freed by the police in a technicality, so the, mother, so the parents of the murdered children, and then some, mobbed up and decided to kill Krueger themselves. Mm -hmm. So now he hunts the children of, of the parents who murdered him in their dreams where the parents can't save them. Yeah. Yeah, the film was released on November 9th, 1984, on a $1.1 million budget and grossed $59 million worldwide. Mm. Yeah, it was met with rave critical reviews. It's considered to be one of the greatest horror films ever made as it spawned a franchise consisting of six sequels, a television series, a crossover with the Friday the 13th horror yeah, franchise, yeah, various other merchandise, case in point. Oh, I forgot you have this joint. Uh -huh, yeah. Did you have it in high school? No, I've had this since... uh. A few years ago. Oh, just recently. Yeah. Well, I feel like you had this for a while. Uh -uh. Or was it a Wolverine one? You made a Wolverine I, one. I made a Wolverine <laughs> one. I, I didn't even make it. I just put thumb claw, tape thumb claws, thumbtacks on my fingers. Don't ask me why and shit. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember that even. <laughs> See, my man got the Wolverine claws. Yeah, mm -hmm. dope. Dope. Yeah, dope. 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 Yeah, dope. Yeah, dope. Try it on. Yeah. That's merchandise. Yeah. And a remake of the same name that came out in 2010. And despite rumor, rumors about that remake with uh, Jackie Earl Haley being Freddy Krueger. That was terrible, man. Yeah. He never actually accompanied Johnny Depp to his audition for, the, for this Nightmare on Elm Street film at all. That's a rumor. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And also, the, uh, the film company that produced uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street films, New Line Cinema. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. They, at that point in 84, they were mostly just a film distribution company. And the Nightmare on Elm Street success... <laughs> It led the company to become a successful film studio up until 2008 when they closed their doors. Yeah. But while they were while they were big, they were known as the house that Freddy built. Word. <laughs> Word. And the image of Freddy Krueger is drawn from from Wes Craven's own life. The image of Krueger himself is based on when Wes Craven, as a young man, he saw an elderly man walking a side path outside of his window home, and the man stopped a glance at Craven, startled him, then walked away. Wow, no. I did not know that. And okay. The, and the name Freddy Krueger comes from a bully from uh, Wes Craven's childhood, from his school years. Oh. Yeah. The um, what else? And, Fre and Krueger was different. Krueger was different than a lot of the other horror icons that were out at the time. Mm -hmm. Leatherface, Michael Myers, mm -hmm. um, Jason. Because Krueger, Krueger never wore no mask. No, mm -mm. he didn't. No, and he and he and he just had that claw. Yeah, they all did except him. That's true. And he was supernatural too. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. So, and by 2021, the uh, the uh, the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress deemed this film as significant enough to be to be preserved. Wow, it's a big deal. And another another some other little tidbits about the film. Yeah. Um, when when we first see them in the real world driving to school, when Johnny Depp drives a Go. when Glenn drops top. Yeah, the drop top. Yeah, yeah, it's California plates on there. If you look closely, it was actually it's supposed to be Ohio, and they got palm trees everywhere. I noticed. Too. I noticed 
this time around, I definitely noticed that I was like, this is definitely in California, but it's actually Ohio, huh? It's supposed to be, that's supposed a plot-wise. Yeah, yeah, it definitely screams California throughout the movie. Yeah, actually. it reminded me of what they did in that uh, TV show, uh, the, the Amazon TV show Hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they, where the opening shot is like an aerial shot of Chevy Chase, Maryland in the 1970s, but as a waterfront town. I'm like, Chevy Chase is rich, but it ain't yeah, that rich. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. I mean, I lived right. Well, I lived walking distance from Chevy Chase as a kid. We both we did. We both did actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing like that. Nah, not at all. Not at all. And Chevy Chase, actual Chevy Chase natives, should be insulted by that. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Oh, and the uh, in the Nightmare on Elm Street film, the uh, the guy that plays Rod, the one who goes to bed with Tina, the blonde yeah. who gets cut up in bed. You know what? When I was younger, yeah. I didn't realize how what? exaggerated that. Sexy they had at the beginning was oh, oh. and Johnny Depp's like morality yeah, sucks. Yeah, morality sucks. I'm like a save your life, pal. Dog. Oh man, watch it again. Anyway, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about it, but keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. The the guy that she was doing in the film, Rod, he's supposed to be Italian American, the character, but he's played by a Hispanic American named Jesus Garcia, who in this film is credited as Nick Corey, because his agent didn't think that anybody would want to hire Latino actors. Dog. That's wild. That's it's, it's, but it's but it, it's sad, it's but real. it's true. It's real, but that's wild. Like Benjamin Bratt, his parents are Peruvian, and he has like a, a Anglo name, Jimmy Smiths, who's been on Dexter and on that current show, uh, East New York. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he's half he's half Dutch, half Puerto Rican, I think. That's fucking sad. But he looks he looks Puerto Rican as hell. So yeah. it's like, how are you gonna downplay your Latino heritage? It's good. Racism is alive, bro. And, um, Too it is what it is, yeah. It's even worse then if they had to change their names and shit so they could get gigs. It, even, it speaks volumes. Even till today, you still some in some in some industries you still need to do that. Even in just regular civilian professional industries. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. like some even some black people got to change yeah, their name to sound name. to make it sound less let to make it so that it doesn't, yeah, to yeah. make it so that it doesn't single them out as as, as black. Yeah, sadly. yeah. So so they at least get noticed. Yeah, um, like like Andre Johnson. Yeah. Sad. yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that's a quote unquote black sounding name. Yeah, yeah. Or what they say in true romance, <laughs> Clarence Wally. That sounds like a nigga name. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I didn't know that. These are all interesting facts, bro. All interesting facts. Yeah, so when I first saw the film, it was scary. Me too. Um, although I saw the sequels before I saw the original. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw the fifth one, the third, and the second film before I saw the original. I saw the original first. Yeah, the original, it was definitely, it was the only one that was done by Wes Craven, who's a master at horror. Oh, so. he only did the first one, huh? Yeah. Like in that movie, like in that movie Scream, yeah, what yeah. was it called? The opening scene with Drew Barrymore, which yeah, is talking to the Yeah, the car, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite scary movie? Right. Nightmare on Elm Street. That's the one with the guy with the fingers? Yeah. What, oh, well, what about the, uh, he asked another question and she was like, well, the first one was good, but the rest of them all sucked. Well, Wes Craven, he wrote and directed Scream, so that's why he put yeah, that in there. Yeah, put it in there, yeah. It's jab. It's like yeah, a jab. it's a jab, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. When did you watch the first one? The first one, I watched it when I was a third grader back in 1992. I remember my dad, he took me to go to Royce's home video, mm-hmm. and we got Terminator 2 and the Nightmare on Elm Street 1. I yeah. saw it. The first time I saw it was in 89. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Shout out to my sisters. They they, <laughs> they rented the joint, and I watched. I, I You know what? If my sister, especially the eldest one, if she was here, yeah, I'd have her on here. She's the reason why I love horror movies because yeah. I was literally around her when she used to watch those movies, and they used to scare the shit out of me. 
But you got used to them. They made yeah, they made me a fanatic over time. Yeah, they made me a fanatic, and that's why now I can watch some of the scariest horror movies and just laugh. There's some I don't <laughs> I don't know what it is about horror. Like the horror movie icons is just yeah. something that's so. Just something that's so compelling about them. Yeah, yeah they're going around killing people, slashing yeah. people, but it's like you still look at you look at them like they're so cool. Nonetheless, no, yeah, yeah. I, I've messed with horror movies. Like I'm a big fan still, um, but it, it started when I was young. Yeah, look they at my used shirt. To scare me. Leatherface. A Leatherface. I love Texas. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a dope one. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, I watched it like in '89 in the UK, and I was scared for like a month. It's hard to sleep for like a month. When, and when the sequels start delving into his into the more supernatural aspects of his origin, like particularly with his mother Amanda Kruger, that yeah. kind of creeped me out a little bit. In the third yeah, film, yeah, yeah. how old and scary of a nun that she looked and how yeah, she sounded. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then in the fifth film, when she looked younger, that was like even a little bit more. I don't know, just unsettling. You know what's funny? What's if that? I recall quite well, I got so scared that I was sick that night. The night you first saw it? Yeah, I was like sick, sick. Damn. Yeah. You could have, you got to imagine, like 89, how old were you? What, like six? Five, five, six? Five or six, yeah. Watching that and that whole concept of having nightmares is crazy. But man, I pulled through after a month. <laughs> and you came to view them as funny. Yeah, now they're hilarious. Like the, se- fun. the second film, though, the second film, the sequel, yeah. that was, I didn't get it when I first saw it, but looking at it as an adult, it's like a, it was like a, a, a a thesis on psychosexual development. And that's why it didn't seem all that scary. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, tried yeah. to emulate the darker elements of Wes Craven's original film, but it's like, uh-uh, there's a lot more going on here. That the, There's a lot more subtext going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that the, director, the director wants people to, to, wants people to be talking Talk about, about in, yeah. in film and academic circles. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, watching this film right here, it's like I, I heard of his origin many times in the, um, in the sequels, but hearing it told here, and the more, it was clear that Wes Craven was going for more than just cheap, cheap scares, and he was just trying to get in your head. Yeah, yeah, in, a, exactly in a manner of speaking. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to get in your head, and like, and stay there pretty much. Yeah. Because Robert Englund's Freddy Krueger in this film, yeah, he had a few. He, he didn't have, he didn't have his one-liners yet, Mm-mm. but he was still he, he was he was a bad motherfucker essentially. He was. He was. Yeah. And, I think another thing that differentiates him from like Leatherface or or Jason or uh, Mike is he can talk. Yeah, he can <laughs> talk, and he toys with his toys with his victims before he kills them. He's sadistic. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely like plays around with them before he goes for the kill. Whereas they just straight, they're they straight just, to the point. Yeah, they're straight to the point. They go ahead and yeah. just kill. And no foreplay, no nothing. None of that. And yeah, that's a good way to put it. A lot of foreplay with Freddy. Yeah, that's why. That's why. You know, the Freddy vs. Jason movie was funny. Yeah, that's why I, I say that even now that they should they should do a Freddy vs. Chucky movie. That's more fair. Yeah, that's that's more conducive. That makes more sense. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, that'd be even funnier. Right. Not only not only would we get plenty of blood and gore, but them two motherfuckers joning on each other Hell the whole yeah. time. The, the quotables. The quotables. Yes. Amazing. Shout out to Chucky. That was another movie. The first time I watched, I was scared as hell. I was scared the of that one too. One. The first one, yeah. Yeah, That's... I watched. I watched that one in '91. I watched it when it came out. Yeah. Well, what year was that? '88. '88. Okay, I watched it like '90, 1990 or '91 when it first came. When I first saw it, I saw Freddy before that. I saw Nightmare on Elm Street first. And me too. But uh, you ever notice? Okay, this film takes place in Ohio. That's the setting for it. Mm-hmm. But why they always usually got these guys in the Midwest? 
Chucky, he's in Chicago. Uh, Michael Myers is in Haddonfield, Illinois. Illinois. And I was going to say Camp Crystal Lake is in Illinois, but I heard that's Jersey. Oh, it's in in Jersey, rather. Yeah. It definitely looks like something that would be like... (laughs) In the woods, in, in of the Jersey. boondocks, or something. Or, yeah, yeah. Or like, Jersey got some woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Ozarks, that type of shit. That's where mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jason seems to be. Friday the Thirteenth seems to be. It looked like it, it looked like it. Yeah, yeah not yeah, just yeah. not just a typical campground. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they all and all these films, well, except for the Chucky films, they all got teen sex as a as a yeah as a theme. Yeah, almost as if it's like you're going to die if you if have sex. sex as a teen or something like that. Yeah, 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 like when Johnny Depp's character in this film says, morality sucks, when he just hears his friends yeah, talking in yeah, the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, you're, you're not having sex is, is going to save your life for most of the film. <laughs> and then after dude, after dude busts and they're, they're chilling in bed, what did she say, Tarzan tames Jane or something like that? I knew there was something I liked about you. <laughs> I didn't even catch that the first time I watched it when I was younger, but... Uh... Yeah. Um yeah, this movie rewatching it though, I'm not even going to lie to you. The acting is pretty horrendous. Even Johnny Depp was well, his first role, so he hasn't really found himself yet. Yeah, the acting is bad. But it it's it's still a classic cuz it's the I guess conceptually it's it's unique. It's very unique. Like there's nothing I don't think there's anything like it prior to um where somebody haunts your dreams to that extent and then kills you in your dreams and then it's reflected in real life. Definitely a unique concept and I think that's why it's such a classic and he is a unique villain. Like he's the correlation between the claws and being burnt and then the, the little cashmere red and, uh, red and green, green sweater with the fedora mm-hmm. and like his wobble, wobbles when he walks and runs. Yeah. It's a unique look, and even the claw just scraping against yeah. chalk and, and screeching. Yeah, and like you said, like like a horror movie villain that actually talks during his uh, his murder is, is unique. That, that wasn't something that happens very often. Usually, the cold blooded, quiet killers. Yeah, and he was one that was very um, that talk. vocal. Yeah, yeah, and, and then yeah. some with the one liners in later films. Welcome to prime time. Exactly. <laughs> This guy feels the need, the need for his feed. <laughs> What's the matter, Joey? Feeling tongue-tied? <laughs> uh, I remember the joint in the sixth one with the dude with a hearing aid. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Freddy's a fool, man. He's yeah, a man, though. Yeah, he found, he found ways man. to like tailor his, his nightmares around the person's defect. Or yeah, the yeah, design. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like when he turned one girl in the fourth film, one girl who has a fear of insects, he turned her into a cockroach and killed her inside of a roach motel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or my my personal favorite, the fifth one, the comic book guy. Yeah, man. He toys around with him and just cuts him up. Yeah, faster and more powerful than a bastard maniac. More powerful than a local madman. It's Super Freddy. <laughs> And just slices him so he looks like a two-dimensional page. page comic, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all and bleeds life, out his colors. Yeah, yeah. It is, in real life, is you see his limbs just cut up. Uh huh. Just mm. turns him into confetti in his dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, but it, it's 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 a great great movie. The um, Wes Craven. He actually originally he wanted a happy ending for the film, but the producer Robert Shea he wanted a darker ending, and that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, if you recall the ending, aside from opening the door. I mean, if you, aside from opening the door for sequels, Craven's ending, it was intended to be anticlimactic and was 
And the intended ending was the whole point of the film, like a teen struggling yeah. against overwhelming odds without the help of adults. And my, oh yeah, all the adults in the film, they're useless. They're either, bruh, they're either on, on, on drunks, on pills, pills or something. Are oblivious to what their kids are going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it was, one thing I noticed is like how Nancy throughout the movie refers to her dad as daddy and her mom as mother. Yeah, mm-hmm. See, I think she calls her. Girl. Yeah, I think she calls her mom mom maybe once or twice in the whole movie. Other than that, it's like mother. It's almost like she, she has like great disdain for her mom. And well, her mother proved to be a drunk, drinking yeah. all early in the morning. Right her the mom bottom. looked like she had that typical stepper wife. Yeah, almost like she was a lady of the night. She always had makeup and she always looked sloppy drunk <laughs> in her nightgown. Mm-hmm. And, like she always looked like she just come from a party. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that yeah. white that white gear that she always yeah, wore. And yeah, like with the makeup on always. Mm-hmm. It's it, it was interesting. I found that interesting. Um, and her dad always was like dismissive to her cries. Yeah, but he he wises up by the third film when she's an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then changing the ending the the way they did it made it so that they're always gonna be powerless over Freddie, and it made the struggle of her story entirely pointless. Yeah. And kind of undermines the film's youth empowerment message. Yeah, and and although the ending, then that ending, if they kept it, if they kept it the way Craven wanted it, it would still open the door for sequels. I think. Yeah, I think the ending was great as it is because I think that's partially what freaked me out as a kid, because Freddie never actually died. So as a kid, I'm like, oh shit, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's why I was shook as a child when he pulled the when he pulled when the mother through the, the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, damn. All right, that really that really shook me, man. So uh, I thought that was a better, a good ending. But you're right. Either way, it still opened the doors for sequels. Cause in, the, in the 80s and late 70s, the horror genre, they were just beset by sequels. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. The, the franchise were kind of destroyed by it. Like Halloween, that's fucking ridiculous. Halloween ends. This I, is, I didn't even take a look at the most recent one. Are we in double digits now? For what? Halloweens? Yeah, we gotta be, yeah. I mean, yeah. including the ones that Rob Zombie made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anything after... H2O was number seven, technically. So, and anything after that... Yeah, they're in their double digits I, I now. Think, I think it was after the sixth one, I didn't take them seriously. H2O, I didn't take it seriously after that. It's like, you don't even look like Michael Myers to H- me. H2O, was that the one with Busta Rhymes in it? Um, and oh, that was Halloween Returns. Oh, LL was in that one. Yeah. Buster was in the other one, the one after it. Mm-hmm. I forget which one that was even called. So do I. Halloween, I think it was Halloween Resurrection or some some shit. I I, I gave up too. Yeah. Only person I, David might know. Yeah, I know David was. Yeah, shout out big, to David because we used to talk about uh, Halloween yeah, a our lot. Our friend David's a yeah, big Halloween yeah, yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. He would know better than uh, better he would, than us. He would. I remember we used to talk about. I'd be like, "Dog, David, how are you still into this? It's, it's taking it too far." He's like, "Nah, man, I love Michael." I'm like, "True." The shape. Shout out to the shape. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, but Freddy, uh, he's my favorite horror icon. I think he's the, of all my Blu-rays that I got for horror films, he's the only one where I have the entirety of his franchise. I'd say my favorite one is, is still Michael Myers, but it's, I respect the early Michael. Yeah, the first two that Carpenter did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, all your films sucked. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Jason like that. All your films sucked. You just look cool. That's like, it. The acting, yeah, the acting was poor in all of them too. And they had Kevin Bacon in the first or the second one, I think. Yeah, I think it was the second. No, I think it was the first one. The first one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They they all sucked, man. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. And like, what's it called? The um, the 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 Jason, the Jason goes to hell. The final Friday, number number yeah. eight. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one where they, they link, they show that Freddy and Jason share the same universe. When Jason dies and his mask is in the desert, Freddy's hand clawed him but, and yeah, yeah, grabs it. Him, yeah. Thing is, ironically with Jason, even though we're kind of going off topic, the first one wasn't even based on him. It was more his mom. His mother, yeah. yeah. Jason didn't show until the sequels. Exactly, to the sequels. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, the Jason and Michael Myers, if they do a movie, it should be called A Quiet Place. Ha ha ha! Or two silent. I know or, that's a good, a good funny guy. Or silent killers. Funny guy. Uh, any favorite scenes from this one? From this one, um, my favorite scene is when Nancy, when she, um, when she has Glenn watch her while she dreams, right, and goes out of her house. Yeah. Then Kruger's outside and Trey tries to chase her back in the house, and she's running back up in, but the but. Her feet, they start sinking into, yeah, the, into, um, into the, the stairs. Looking like marshmallows. Marshmallows, yeah. yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Like, yeah, what's going to yeah. happen next? Yeah. She, uh, I, I, watching it back today, I find it funny that like at the end, she pulled a home alone, uh-huh. making like booby traps and shit. Yeah. But I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> when did you become equipped to do these things? Uh-huh. Why don't you get all super, super, super like savvy on Yeah, I was like, How, where did this come from? Oh, it's kind of funny. Because you seem like a typical suburban white girl. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, my favorite scenes were the murder of Nancy one. Oh, you mean Tina? Tina. Yeah. Tina. Sorry, Tina was that, and then Johnny Depp's murder. Oh yeah, Glenn. That, uh, yeah, where, when like, he sunk into the bed. Yeah, and all this vomited the blood right it's out. Like, wait, it's, that's that's too much blood for one human being. But yeah, too much. Yeah, 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 but I found his death pretty cool, and uh, Tina's as well. Mm-hmm. Cause Tina's was like was was where I was, was on poltergeist. Shit. I was like what? Yeah, man. that's some poltergeist shit that happened like, to her. What? Yeah, I think that's what really got me shook as a child. Her first, the first murder. I was like, "Yo, this is some ill shit." And if the cops did their jobs and actually investigated the crime scene, they'd be able to tell that what's his face had um, nothing to do with. He had nothing to do with. Rod had nothing to do with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you took some fingerprints. You took some, some, find a murder weapon. Yeah, yeah. None of that. You didn't do nothing, none but none of that. Lazy. Very lazy, man. Shout out to him too. He got strung up in the. He got the Epstein in the. Yeah, he got. He got. The, he got the noose root in his cell. Yeah, yeah. He got the Epstein in the cell, dog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Unfortunately for him. What's crazy is how her dad still didn't believe her after she was like, "Yo, go check on him." Yeah. Only to find out he was dead, and he was still like, eh. "He killed himself." Yeah. I'm like, easy explanation, but not the explanation. Stupid, dog. Dunce caps. Stupid. Stupid. Dummies. Yeah, big time. Um, <sighs> but yeah, uh, anything else with this? Um, What else? I like, I, like, I like the synthesizers, the, 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 the score that was used. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Wes Craven said yeah. the inspiration for the scores was when he heard the Gary Wright song, Dreamweaver. Okay. Oh, no, Dreamweaver. That one. Okay. Yeah, when he heard the opening, the opening synths that were used there, it's like, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I want to, that's what, that's, that's my inspiration. I gotta, I gotta revisit that song to see how, if it really correlates with the, the... The title does anyway, but... Yeah. Yeah, but the opening synths that were used in the song, yeah. that was his inspiration yeah, for the yeah. score for Nightmare the on the Street. The score is dope, especially when it, when Nightfall comes, like the way the music... Dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, that joke. No, somebody used that, that, that music to show, what's it called, for White Flint Mall in Bethesda. A few years ago, when White Flint Mall was going, was finally was about dead. To get knocked down. Yeah, it was yeah. finally knocked down and dead and abandoned. Somebody yeah. went in there, shot a bunch of shit, and put it over and used the Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh shit! 
I'm like, this makes it even more eerie. That's dope. Yeah, that's dope. Especially now that it's abandoned with spider webs and shit everywhere. Yeah. I used to pull up there. Dave and Busters. Yeah, Dave and Busters. I remember, I remember, I think one time I went up there, was it with me and you? And we met up with Zawaski? Um, um, no, we didn't meet up with him there. We saw his brother at what's it called? The Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Dave I, and Busters. I, that's what it was. It yeah. was me, you, and it was just me, you, and somebody. Uh, Chris. Chris Dunbar. Yeah, that's he, what it he was. He had come down here. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because yeah, the next time, when next time you came down, we saw we met at Galaxies. Galaxies in the Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when right. it was still around. I'd yeah. Miss, I'd yeah. miss that place. That pool spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, billiard yeah. spot. Yeah. Walking yeah. on a flight of stairs. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Damn. Yeah. That was like 10 years ago, dog. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah they got a new billiard spot in Silver Spring I saw. Oh, really? Yeah, on Georgia Avenue. Okay. Near where the where Urban Butcher used to be. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. About. yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah. Um, also, other scenes. Other scenes. That I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Outside <laughs> of the fact that the acting was so poor, like... Yeah, she cursed about it. Clint, you total shit. You had one job. job. You fell asleep. I'm like, study, shut yeah, up. Yeah, seriously. You would have done the same. Uh-huh. Like, um, but... I don't know if I would have watched it for the first time today if I would like the movie. Now, watching it for the first time today, no. Because the acting is so bad. I don't think I would, I would enjoy it as much. I'm, and it's not scary to me yeah, exactly. at this age. Exactly. It, can't, it can't stay in my head. Exactly. But I still consider it a classic. Cause it's, it's... Yeah, I think it's just do. It's like, it's, like a, yeah. it's like the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, that was the first of its kind as far as a slasher horror film goes. Yeah. But even yeah. now, I'm, like, I'm looking at it like, this does not scare me. And that was the one from the 70s, right? 74, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does not scare me. It's only visceral because you know these motherfuckers are cannibals. Yeah, yeah. And Leatherface yeah, yeah. with that mask that we know is from a real person. person. Yeah. Him twirling around like that at the yeah, end. That's yeah, the only... yeah. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, it was a shock value it had. At shock the time. value, yes. Thank you. It's not really um that good of a movie. No, it's not. It's scary it's, in that matter. It's not. A lot of them are just low budget films. Like Even Halloween was low budget as yeah, well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that managed to like become franchises. Oh, Halloween though, I still in the in the deepest of my my heart, yeah. I believe the gimmick of the Undertaker's concept was taken from Mike Myers. Part of it, the strong, silent type. Like every time, the way he always gets back up. Oh yeah, the way Myers get back up. The Dun. first one, and he would just look. Yeah, it's almost even the the scene. Well, I mean, we're not even talking about that movie. There's a scene where he kills dude, and then he looks at him like that, and looks at him like that. Like when he, like I think he kills him with a knife on the door. Yeah, and his body is hanging literally. And Mike is literally looking at him, and he's like, like he's studying him. Yeah, I was like, that's some straight Undertaker shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, see that. I can yeah, see that. Yeah, but I yeah. might be wrong, but they, they just, there's just, the correlation is so strikingly alike. I wouldn't put it past Mark Calloway, a taker, to be getting the, the dead man gimmick from, yeah, some, yeah. from some, from horror, some horror, horror movie films. or something. Yeah, to yeah. have it as some inspiration from those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Razor Ramon. I mean, that whole image was stolen by Scarface. Scarface, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Scott Hall, though. Yeah. Even another scene from that movie near the end when him and Jamie Lee are battling and Jamie Lee pokes him in the eye. Yeah. And he falls down and she goes and she's leaning on the couch and you see him in the background literally sit up like The Undertaker and yeah. then look at her. And uh-huh, then, yeah, that's Taker that's shit. Like, I was like, that's some straight Taker shit, man. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah. Back to Friday. Back to Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But, um, yeah. Um, 
I don't think I have anything else about to say about this movie. Let me quickly brainstorm. Okay, the sex scene and Tina and uh and Rod. That's not that's not people don't do that. People don't have sex like that. No, 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 no. It's funny as shit listening to it today, though. It it is. It reminds me of the scene in Terminator, the first one. Well, not the sex scene, but like the scene that that I think would get me tooed if it came out now. Where what's it called? Where Rick Rossovich, who played Slider in the first Top Gun film. He, yeah, he yeah, calls the yeah. house and he thinks he's talking to his girlfriend. He's like, first I'm going to rip all the buttons off your blouse one by yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that scene. pull your pants off with my teeth. I'm like, <laughs> you, even in the 80s where girls turned on by that. Because if I pulled that shit now or even in the 90s, I'd be in jail. I'd lose my job. <laughs> the, that's funny. Peak. peak. <laughs> yeah. As the English would say, it's peak. Peak, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rip all the buttons off her blouse one by one. Then you gotta buy her a new blouse, you yeah, dummy. Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. That's kind of funny. And yeah. you can take your and take your jeans off with your teeth. You know how long it's gonna take? Seriously, seriously, seriously. Um, yeah. If they if people had sex like they did in that in this movie, dog, everybody would know everybody's faking an orgasm because nobody has sex like that. nobody does. Yeah, That's funny, man. That was funny. Um, but yeah. Um, uh. That's what I have on the film. I mean, the impact on horror, I mean, it definitely influenced, like, supernatural horror films. Yeah. Especially yeah, the ones yeah. that involve dreams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, does this one have any have any cameos oh, outside of Johnny Depp? Outside of Johnny Depp? Um, not really. No, um, right. I think Wes Craven's daughter or maybe Craven himself may have had a cameo in there. Oh, this one? Okay. Like a doctor or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or maybe it would have been the maybe it was the producer. I am not I'm not sure. I'm not certain. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, okay. but the sequels, they definitely had future stars in there. Um the third film in particular, it had uh Patricia Arquette and um and uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Okay, even the the, the dark guy. The dark. With the with the with a little bit of a gut. He yeah. he played um the one who was a patient? Yeah, he played was he in the third one or the fourth one? The third and the fourth. Yeah, he was like super dark skinned. Yeah, he played he got killed early in the yeah, fourth yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um he played Idi Amin back in the day. Man, he looks like he could. Yeah, he played Idi Amin back in the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. That's about it for me for this one. Yeah, the sequels this this film was better um stylistically. Yeah. But uh, the third but the sequels, even though they're terrible. Yeah. They were the first ones I saw, and I I enjoyed. I tend to enjoy those, those a little bit. More. I do too. I actually watch, especially for me, my favorite one is like the fifth, the, the third, and the fourth. The third and the fifth ones are my yeah, favorite. My, my favorites are the fifth and the fourth one. The fourth one. Which one is the dream? The dream. dream the dream master is the yeah, fourth one. The fourth one. I like that one and the fifth one. Dream and child. Little, little, dream child. And I like the sixth one too a little bit. Yeah, the sixth one, Freddy's dead. The yeah, final, the yeah, final nightmare. Yeah. That's where we see Freddy's origin pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, but at that point, it's like, it became like a self-parody. Yeah, it was, it was beyond comedic at that point. It was. It was beyond comedic at that point. I remember the promotion for that sixth one was all up on MTV. They did like their own like uh, documentary on it and whatnot. With yeah. Robert Englund in character as Freddie hosting it. Okay. I wasn't here at the time, so I didn't catch that. I thought it was cool at the end of the sixth one, how like during the credits it had a compilation of different scenes from the first one all the way to the sixth. Yeah, it's like Rocky. It's like a Rocky Five. Five, ending, yeah, ending yeah. The credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a compilation of different scenes from all the way to the first to the, to the yep, current. To the current one. It's kind of dope. Um, 
what was it? What was it? The second film that's good intellectually, because like I said, it's like a, like a thesis on psychosexual. Yeah, you're right. Actually, when you think about it, yeah. Yeah, because the actor, the main actor in the film, Mark Patton, who plays Jesse, he's gay in real life. Okay. And a, and a lot of the subtext in the film with Freddie trying to reemerge in the real world through uh, through um, Jesse's body. Yeah, yeah. It's like a like a metaphor for coming out. And a lot of the uh, a lot of the imagery they use in the film too, like like Jesse yeah. going to Jesse ended up in a gay bar and seeing his gym teacher there. Yeah. And the yeah, gym yeah. teacher putting him through a sadomasochistic run back at the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. And Jesse always being around that guy Grady, having a love hate relationship with him. Yeah. To the point where he wants That's to spend the point. night. He wants to spend the night with Grady to have Grady watch over him after he freaks out after licking his girl's boobs. Boobs. I'm like, what's the yeah, problem? These are all little subtle. Yeah, very subtle, low key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the time, it wasn't like. It wasn't cool. Yeah, it wasn't cool or massively acceptable. Yeah. To come out, but I guess whoever was the director or writer was an advocate for gays, and this was kind of his way of like. And Mark Patton's casting was intentional. He knew about Patton. He knew. Okay. And Mark Patton, he's the only man out there who has, in horror films who has a Scream Queen title. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, so shout out to Patton. Shout out to him for sure. For sure, man. Cool. All right. Yeah, man. Shall I move on? Let's do it. Okay, next topic. Old school WWF TV shows. Yeah. Um, Raw and uh, SmackDown, they've been the flagship TV programs for the World Wrestling Entertainment, formerly the World Wrestling Federation, mm-hmm. for, for the past over 20 years now. Now, Raw, formerly known as Monday Night Raw, that debuted on the USA Network on January 11th, 1993, huh. from 8 p.m. to 11 that's, that's, p.m. That's my little son's birthday, dog. Oh, yeah? You know Jeff? Mm-hmm. You know Jeff, like my... Um... Your godson? No, no, no. Jeff is... um. Uh, my cousin Yolan's youngest brother. Did we see him at the joint that we went that went to like last year? That the church joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. he was yeah. there. He has a beard now and stuff. That's okay. that's his actual birthday. Ninety three, January eleventh. And you were born one day later. Yeah, yeah. He's my, he's my almost like my decennial, decennial <laughs> twin. <laughs> almost. Almost. Yeah. yeah. SmackDown that originally debuted on, on the UPN on the UPN network on April 29th, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um, both of them, they currently air on USA now, but prior, prior to the current standard of TV wrestling programming, this is how the WWF originally had it. Okay, from what I recall, from Sunday to Monday, or Sunday to Saturday, yeah, the following TV shows, I don't know if you guys recall, I don't know if you recall as well too, but here's how they went. First was WWF All-American Wrestling, which aired from September 4th of 83 to mm. October 16th of 94. Okay. That was on 11 a.m. on the USA Network. Mm-hmm. Originally, it featured high-card wrestlers from different from different promotions across the United States. But then, after a few months, it just featured WWF talent only. Mm-hmm. By the early 90s, the show mainly re-aired matches from previous shows segments from other WWF programming, yeah. and only had one exclusive match. For most of its run, the series was hosted by Vince McMahon. Then Lord Alfred Hayes became the host. Oh, man. And then Mean Gene over- Oakland took over for hosting duties until the end of its run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that one because that was the first time I saw, back when we were third graders, when WrestleMania 8 was coming out, the promos for Randy Savage and Ric Flair's match. A lot of the shit that we saw debuted there on All-American Wrestling. Oh. Like the whole, 
Elizabeth was mine <laughs> before she was yours. Shout out to the <laughs> shout out to the nature boy, dog. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all all those promo segments were on All American Wrestling. Even Savage and Gene Oakland's interview, where Gene Oakland's just instigating the whole time, like Randy Savage. What what are we supposed to think? What are you thinking? And just what are you thinking, brother? What are you thinking, brother? Well, the the, the picture's untrue. 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 <laughs> and he looked constipated the whole time. <laughs> Muscle straining, looked like the veins were popping yeah, out of his neck dog. and shit. Savage's probos. When he was doing the serious shit, yeah, it's just like, dog, how much have you done? How, how much, much co- cocaine have yeah, you done? Yeah, yeah, How much have you done today, bro? Oops. Oops. Yeah. My fault. How much have you done? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I remember now that you mentioned Lord Alfred Hayes was one of the main, like, anchors and, and commentary. I remember that. I do remember All American Wrestling. Yes. The WWF segment, that is. Uh, was that the one where the lights were usually, it was so dark? That you could barely see the fans, and like a lot of it was focused on the ring. Sometimes, yeah, it was like they they took it from house shows. That's why. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sometimes and house shows aren't supposed to be televised, but I guess they took certain segments. Segments of them out, yeah. And filmed them like, yeah, like they would uh, look back a little. Yeah. Like what's it called? The one match I saw that I've been eager that I was eager to see for years. Um, we talked about this in a previous segment, the Hart Foundation against the Rockers when the Rockers beat them for the tag titles. Yeah. That was a bad match, actually, and yeah. I see why they didn't want to show it in this at all for years. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's an example of how what all American wrestling would do: like take at least one one match from a house show and show it there, and, and make it look like Got it's exclusive. It. Yeah, because like I know, you know like yeah. what they would do in those kind of uh, like the A A M W A A W A A W segments. So they'll compile certain matches into Coliseum video. Yeah. And then that's how like, I'd see some of the matches. That's how I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. Because I remember, especially Lord Alfred Hayes being... The main, English. Yep. The main commentator in a lot of them joints. So He, 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 he was wishy-washy. He, didn't, he couldn't decide whether he wanted like to him. be a heel supporter or yeah, face supporter. Yeah, I didn't supporter. like him. I didn't like him. But his accent was unique. So. Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he a wrestler at one point, too? I don't know. I never saw him as one. That's a good question. Something to look into. He might have been, yeah. like, in the same vein as Gorilla Monsoon or yeah. whatever. Gorilla, I definitely was aware. Yeah, he, he was, was a heel. definitely. A lot, a lot of his tenure, he was a heel. Um, and he was huge. Pause. Yeah. The big wrestler. Uh, I think he was the, well, maybe not the originator, but the guy that populated, uh, popularized the Gorilla Press. Maybe, yeah, the one that Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior would, use. would use. Yeah, I think he's the one that popularized it. That's why it's called the well. That's why one of it became the Ultimate Press later, but. The traditional name is the Gorilla Press. It was always it was always listed as his wrestling move, the Gorilla Press. Slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's it's originated from from him. Yeah, that that was Sunday. I mean, I I I barely recall when this went off the air. I mean, I was a hardcore wrestling fan growing up, even as a little kid. But mm-hmm. October sixteenth, nineteen ninety four. I was a sixth grader then, and I guess Raw and Superstars were mm-hmm. the main source of at that point. Yeah, but um. Okay, that was Sunday. Yeah. Okay, Monday, before Raw, we had Primetime Wrestling, which ran from 85 to 1993. Very familiar with this one. Yeah, Primetime Wrestling, um, that was a precursor to Monday Night Raw, and it was a two-hour long, ran from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. I had to, I had to sneak I had to sneak up in my brother's old room when I was a kid to, to be able to watch the whole thing, because my parents didn't want me staying up past 9 
when I when I was in elementary school. Yeah, man. But um, let's see. The program it featured wrestling matches, most of which were compiled, like you said, from house shows like Coliseum Video. Yeah. And other venues like Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Um, they were they had interviews, uh, promos featuring WWF wrestlers. A roundtable discussion. Primetime was the one where they'd be in the studio, right? And yeah, then they'll just segue to a match. A match. Yeah, 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 they'd be in the studio with like a, a roundtable discussion. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Of, with updates of current feuds, current, yeah. announcement exactly. of upcoming local and pay-per-view events. Exactly. Yeah, McMahon would be in the roundtable, Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, mm-hmm. Hillbilly Jim or Mr. Perfect. Hillbilly used to be in there. And then Piper at one point was in there too. Rowdy Piper, yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah. in there. Yeah, Heenan. I remember Heenan was very Heenan and and um and uh, Vince were there a lot at one point. Let's back a little bit. Yeah, sorry. All right. Yeah, Heenan and Vince used to host a lot at one point, or it'd be Heenan and Gorilla. They had they had different theme music. Like in ninety ninety two through ninety three, the mm-hmm. theme music was like a a jock jams. I, I have the MP three for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm like, this is the this is the better theme music for for prime time. Prime time, yeah. And the one segment from Primetime that I do remember the most, well, actually, two. One match I remember was the Macho Man, when he was WWF champion, mm-hmm. fighting uh, Erwin R. Scheister, IRS, who at the time was a tag team champion with Ted DiBiase. Oh, so you're looking, you're looking like 92, 93? 92, yeah. yeah. It, was before, it was before SummerSlam of that year. Oh, okay, right before England. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And then the other one I remember was later that year when... Um, what led to Mr. Perfect's heel turn when Macho Man wanted a mystery partner after the Ultimate Warrior got fired again? <laughs> yeah, the Ultimate Maniacs, what they call themselves, yeah. with, with Hogan's colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit was I know terrible. that. I, mean, I knew that shit was not gonna last. It's terrible. Ultimate Maniacs. At that point, I was tired of both of them. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I mean, their, their feud for that whole year sucked, and the SummerSlam feud sucked. Like just, just, just. Yeah, just, just dead it. Dead it. Yeah. Dead it. Yeah. And then when the warrior left, it's like, okay, this is better now. Yeah, yeah. Because Savage teamed up with with Mr. Perfect, who he had known for years. Yeah, and was, was a be- and, and is a better tag team partner than Warrior because he can Absolutely, wrestle. Absolutely, he could wrestle. One of the goats. Yeah, and, when the, and the build up for that was just great. That whole episode was a build up for Mr. Perfect turning face. It, when it was it was them versus Flair and uh, Razor, Razor Ramon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they lost in that Survivor Series too. And I remember when Razor Ramon and uh, Ric Flair left the building. Razor with that leather jacket. Savage, you're gonna get George. Get that camera out of my face, man. <laughs> Rest in peace. Actually, to all of them, well, except Flair. Except all, Flair, yeah. All dead, except Flair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was primetime wrestling. Yeah, the precursor to Raw. Yeah. Next up was Friday night or Friday evening. WWF Spotlight. Down here in Montgomery County, that aired on on Channel 50, the channel that later became the WB. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was on from 84 to 95. Um, it aired on Friday evening from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And the show was hosted by different people. Sean Mooney, um, mm. Alfred Hayes, yeah, um, yeah. Bobby Heenan. Yeah. I remember Sean Mooney on it. I do. And it was generally from a studio or a studio control with, room. Like with TVs at the back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it just showed matches, primarily matches from uh, from other WWF programming. The, yeah. The, the person that was hosting it, that was the only, that was the only live part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it just aired from, from one hour, from 6 to 7 p.m. Nothing mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, that's where the main action was. Yeah. At 10 a.m., again, on, the, on Channel 50, the, the, the eventual WB, 
WWF Wrestling Challenge aired from 1986 to 1995. I remember that. I remember that. And, and it, it featured matches, pre-match interviews, and occasionally summarized weekly events in WWF programming. Mm-hmm. I mean, the matches that we saw, they were mostly top-tier or mid-level talent against jobbers. We would see a Legion of Doom. We would see a Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it called? Or Jake the Snake. We would see them on there. Yeah. And at times, there was, there was a feature match between main WWF talent. Remember, I saw one between Tito Santana and Rick Martel one time. Huh. This is when, this is when they were still feuding? When they were feuding, yeah. And what led to the feud between uh, Jake the Snake as well, too. It was part of that feud. Because mm. he came and interfered in the ah, match. Ah, between him and, and, um, and, and Santana. Santana, yeah. Yeah. But as with other syndicated WWF programming, the show promoted WWF event dates, house shows and local media markets, as well as the Coliseum home videos that you can buy for twenty nine ninety five plus shipping, mm-hmm. if you call this number, within the next half hour. Bruh, and a lot of the times, man, those 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 calls were expensive as hell. Yeah, like, like $2 a minute, dog. And then $3 for every additional minute. Dog, and that's back then. Even yeah. now, that's expensive. That's crazy. That's Too much crazy. money. It's highway robbery. Yeah, did you ever call? No. Yeah, I, I think I, I did call. I hung up quickly once somebody answered the phone. Yeah, that I didn't. I never. I was never allowed to because this shit was dumb, just dumb expensive. It was too expensive. Even like even in today's world. Yeah, three dollars for a minute. That, that's, that's, that's too that's much money. Dumb, dumb. That's like, like what? Like one hundred eighty dollars for a whole hour. That's like a pay per view call, dog. Pretty much. <laughs> like a pay per view call, dog, mm-hmm. or a paper talk. <laughs> paper talk call, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And a lot of a lot of segments made their debut on WWF Wrestling Challenge, like the Snake Pit, the Brother Love Show. Yeah, shout uh, out to the Brother Love Show. That was one of my favorites. I love yeah. the theme. Yeah. Uh, the Brutus the Barber Beefcake's Barbershop. Yep. And Jerry the King Lawler's King's, King's Court. Court later. Yeah. Yeah. By '95, they shortened the name to Wrestling Challenge. Prior oh, yeah. prior to its cancellation, shortened the name to WWF, WWF Challenge. Challenge. Yeah. In '95, and it canceled in the same year. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Now, next up, an hour later, the super WWF, the superstars of wrestling. That's a that's a classic. That's classic. That debuted. That was always after Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, I remember that. Mm. Uh, it debuted September sixth, nineteen eighty six. Uh, superstars, as it would later be known, that was the flagship programming of WWF syndicated programming until, well, from its inception up until. Up until the premiere of Monday Night Raw in '93, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it aired from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Fox on Saturdays. On like after Saturday morning cartoons, like Superstars was Superstars yeah, was it. Everybody was looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Even the intro for it was so cool. The, the like compilation intro they would show yeah, wrestlers. Yeah, like wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the one part they showed was when Sha- the Rockers when they would just leave the ring at the same time, like yeah, flip yeah. down and then flip right over the rope. It's like they are so in sync. They're wearing each other's underwear, probably. Ha! Yeah. Funny guy. Um, yeah, superstars. Yeah. That was where all the angles happened, yeah. um, and, and, at, and at times, at times That's where true. they ended too. That's true. And a majority of the title changes took place there, if not on a pay per view event, like SummerSlam or, or WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And the matches that we saw, like Wrestling Challenge, were primarily top tier or mid level talent against jobbers. Yeah. And they had pre taped interviews with WWF's roster of superstars. A lot of pre taped interviews. A lot of them, yeah. Um, what else? Um. Uh, promos featuring the wrestlers, and there was often a feature match between main WWF talent and then not against jobbers too. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And as with all syndicated programs, another aspect of Superstars was to promote house shows and local WWF events and Coliseum home videos as well. They did that with every program, every home programming that That's the WWF true. did back in the day. That's true. Um, with, April, with the April 18th, 1992 episode, though, the program was renamed the WWF Superstars due to a successful lawsuit by another promoter, Albert Patterson, who hmm. claimed prior rights to the phrase Superstars of Wrestling. Interesting. Yeah, since then, anytime you see footage from WWF superstars or the superstars of wrestling, mm -hmm. yeah, any archival footage from then, it's usually been shown with the words with of wrestling. That part was blurred oh. out. Yeah, by 98, superstars left syndication and became and moved over to the USA, where it became a summary program and continued in that manner until until it was ending until it was canceled the Can same year in 98. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Superstars was my favorite out of all of them. Mine was Saturday Night's Main Event, but we'll get to that. Well, should we yeah, get to that yeah, now? Yeah, that's my favorite one. Yeah, Saturday Night's Main Event. That occasionally aired from 85 to 92. Yeah, yeah uh, it, was, it was on NBC, and usually it usually took the place of Saturday Night Live. Mm. Yeah, in a time when weekly programming consisted of primarily of established stars dominating the enhancement talent, his Saturday night's main event was composed of all, was comprised of all star bouts, star versus stars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it eventually left NBC in 1991 and aired on Fox twice in '92 before disappearing for over a decade. Yeah, but Saturday night's main event it aired first aired May 11th, 1985, in the late night time slot that's normally reserved for like Saturday Night Live. Uh, then SNL producer Dick Ebersole, he made a deal with McMahon to produce the show after Ebersole saw interesting. After Ebersole <laughs> saw how high the ratings that WWF specials were getting on MTV in '84 and '85. Really? Yeah. So Ebersole was like, "Let me get in on this too." Oh, so, was this was this that era where they were using like Cindy Lauper in them? Yeah. To, to the rock and roll. The rock and roll. Was it Alex, Lou Alex Cooper? Yeah. And Captain Lou was another one. Mr. T. Mr. T. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, although the shared aired infrequently, it did start, starting in 86, settle into a predictable pattern of dates, like New Year's weekend, uh, an episode in late, Mar or early, late February or early yeah, March, yeah. an episode in late April or early May, September and October, Thanksgiving and so forth. Mm -hmm. in, in 89 and 1990, both episodes in July were promoted as summertime bonus editions. Mm. And as for the as for the program itself, most of the uh, for much of its history, it was hosted by Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body Ventura. Yes, with occasionally yes. Bobby Heenan being used in '86 and '87. By 1990, Rowdy Roddy Piper he replaced uh, he replaced Ventura Ventura. as McMahon's broadcast partner when Ventura left the WWF. Yeah, and on the two episodes that aired on Fox. Keenan served as McMahon's partner. I remember that episode because it was Red Hart against Papa Shango and when um when Shawn Michaels first won the IC title against the British Bulldog. Mm, that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the opening themes, they often use uh hit hit theme songs. Yeah. Not not theme songs, but hit songs, hit songs. for like the opening and the closer for they it. They did. They did. In in popular culture, yeah, they did. Like yeah, pop, for, pop music or rock or mm -hmm. yeah. The um like uh they use Obsession by Animotion, Take Me Home by Aha, yeah. and most notably, I mean Take Me On Take On Me by Aha, and most notably Take Me Home by Phil Collins. Yeah, they, I think even one of them, they use Higher Love, 
by what's his face? Steve uh, Winwood. Yeah. Bring me a yeah, they use love. The, 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 they, they actually they closed the episode with that. <laughs> closed with that? They closed it. Was the, it was the episode where Hogan um, beat up beat up Brother Love and the Slickster, <laughs> and then Savage defended his title against Andre. Bring me. Yeah, that, ep- that was the episode, and then uh-huh. and then um, Ultimate Warrior defended his title against the Super Ninja. The Super Ninja. <laughs> the Man Super Ninja. Managed by uh, <laughs> managed by Mr. Fuji, dog. He was one and done. He was useless, dog. Yeah, like, they have it's star talent. He ain't no star. Super Ninja, dog. He, he was basically a jobber. He was a jobber. They don't they, they, the jobbers get <laughs> allowed on, on on Saturday night's main event. So yeah, so Fuji promoted him as some kind of like gangster, like martial artist that was deemed to to um, win um, Warriors title, and it was, he ended up the match ended up being jobber style, dog. Silly. Yep, yep, yep. And again, yep. Warrior couldn't wrestle in the first place, but exactly, exactly. But I, I loved Saturday Night's main event. I did. It was my favorite one um, because also it also had a lot of title changes and then like feuds, like the Mega Powers feud started there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what else? Shawn Michaels against Bret Hart. That feud started there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hogan. I think that's also. I'm not correct me if I'm wrong. Well, even the the, the, the part, the time where. Uh, uh, the Heart Foundation and, and Honky Tonk were about to bash Savage with the guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, I, had, that from, I had that actually. Yeah, that's from Saturday Night's Made Event yeah, too. Yeah, I got, I got a, I got one of those Coliseum Home VHS okay, videos. Okay, yeah, yeah. So like the best of Saturday Night's Main Event. Yeah, like, and that so, was one of that, that was one of them. Was right? One of them, yeah. Yeah, so like there are definitely some memories I have from that from from Saturday Night's Main Event that that just made it um, like my favorite one. I think it also came on during primetime, if I'm correct. Yeah, uh, that's why Saturday Night, duh. But yeah. it, it came on in the evenings or whatever. It came on, and the Fox when they aired it on Fox in '92, it did come on. Yeah. It did come on in the evenings too, but they still called it a Saturday Night Main Event. Mm-hmm. I remember one time uh, when Hercules was feuding with DiBiase. Hercules Hernandez. Yeah, he had him fight Virgil, and that ended up being a jobber type of match. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Virgil, the meat sauce god on yeah. IG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You linked me to his page, man. Funny guy, but yeah. Uh, uh, that match, uh, Hercules just whooped his ass nice mm-hmm. and calm. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed um, Saturday Night's Main Event. It also had a lot of like pre-recorded interviews to 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 help fuel some of the feuds like that were brewing within the organization and stuff. So. Yeah, Saturday Night's Main Event and uh, Superstars, they were they were there. They were the, my favorites. And another part that I loved a lot about um, Saturday Night's Main Event was the beginning. It always starts off with interviews. Mm-hmm. Like with the with the with the gimmick background, like oh, yeah. the, the signature, like uh-huh, they, yeah. They, yeah, they'll have they like some sort of the person's uh, like yeah, logo. logo in the back. They all yeah. like have the interview. It was back. like a green screen though. When they yeah, were, it was a green screen where they just kind of superimposed. Yeah, superimposed. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love Brett Brett the Hitman Hart's logo. The Hitman joke, like it was splashed on there. On like there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved his. I remember Andres had his signature with his palm on there, mm-hmm. big ass palm on there, and then like. Taker had his coffin with like the yeah. name Undertaker over it. Hogan's was Hulkamania, of course. Mm-hmm. Savage had his glasses with the Macho Man with his him pointing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the interviews would pertain to the matches that they were going to have or the interviews that they were going to have. If it was Brother Love Show, whatever it was. It wasn't anything regurgitated. No. That we had already no. seen prior. No, no. That was the only program where nothing was regurgitated. I mean, yeah. Superstars, yeah. Yeah. only a few things were regurgitated, but it was mostly, mostly up to date. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's my that's my favorite. Like, I I definitely have a lot of like young memories from. Oh, 
superstars. Remember the, remember the episode where Marty Jannetty, where he returned? Oh, yo, he was, he was like, wow, after, I was like, oh, gosh. And he threw Shawn Michaels into the corner. That's the first time I've seen Shawn Michaels, like, do the flip and let his back, back hit slam yeah, the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, that's why you had to retire the first time around, because you kept doing that throughout your career. Yeah, his career. And sensational Sherry, and he pulled Sherry into the way of the, and the mirror, yeah, the letter Yeah, the hit. mirror, yeah, 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 I remember that, that same scene, yeah, and, same scene. And you see, you hear Mr. Perfect and McMahon giving the color commentary, like, did you see that? Yeah. He hit a woman, he let her get hit, McMahon. Oh my gosh. And also, also the, um. <laughs> dog, this McMahon is a funny guy, dog. He, he used to exaggerate his commentary. I remember, I forget what it was. Somebody. And he'd be the good guy. Yeah, the warrior was getting attacked by somebody in the back. I forget who it was. It was like a blindside attack. Mm-hmm. This man was like, from the high, from behind! <laughs> <laughs> man said, from behind, from behind! <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't understand why you have to repeat it, though. From behind, from behind! For exaggerated effect. Like, yeah, like, like, like Jim Ross would do that yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Good God Almighty! Good God Almighty! They killed him! Lord is my witness! Tears broken in hand! Hey! This is gonna be a slobber knocker! Vince, dog. Uh. Vince anyway, man. Yeah, man. Another one I remember was when Papa Shango, shout out to Charles Wright, put a curse on the Ultimate he Warrior. Was throwing up? Yeah. Some of that shit. I remember that shit. Look at Shango. He's like in a, he's in another world. Yeah, 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 yeah. But man, my favorite color commentator was Jesse the Body Ventura. He made me love wrestling, dog. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. It's part of the reason why I love wrestling so much. Cause Jesse was just Jesse and Gorilla were my world. Yes, together. Jesse and Gorilla were my favorite, man. Right. <laughs> it's like they, it's like they just played off each other so well. It's like. <laughs> Oh, I love Jesse, man. He's a goat for me. He's my favorite, man. Yeah, anybody that Gorilla Monsoon got partnered with, be it Jesse, or Bobby, Bobby Heenan. Bobby was another good yeah, one. Yeah, Bobby Heenan was great. Yeah, Bobby was another really good one. But yeah, but yeah, definitely my favorite was definitely Ventura. Definitely Ventura. But um, yeah. Do you remember yeah. Todd Pettengill? Yeah, he came later. He came later in like the mid-90s when a lot of these programs were dying down. Yeah, he, he was even, he came kind of like the guy on Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. He was on Spotlight eventually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. I remember him. I remember, yeah, because like, what's it? I think he left around the time of the um, the onset of the Attitude Era, ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Yeah, he left around then because I remember yeah. the New Age Outlaws. I remember they were making fun of Michael Cole and the Road Dogs. Like, see you, Michael. You look like Pettengill. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, these guys, man. These guys are funny guys, dog. Funny guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, you got anything else to say about any, any other programs? No, no, it's just just great. Um, a lot of for me, a lot of them I didn't watch in real time because I wasn't here. I was like in different places, so like I'd I'd get them pre-recorded and shot and like watch or I'll watch them in a different form of cable from from another country where they weren't aired simultaneously with this. They'll be pre-recorded and aired another day. So like this is all new to me. Like the timeline of how or how they aired on during the week yeah because i wasn't here when when you know when 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 it was airing like yeah, this yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So. For, for me it was like an, i'm not gonna say obsession but it's like i made sure i watched every programming for sure no i would have i would have done the same if i was here i ain't gonna lie i would have done the same if i was here i mean we had everything i had everything at that point except for a black box i didn't get that till i was 11 <laughs> 
Yeah, shout out to the Lab Box. Shout out to the Lever. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this man was a connect for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to make VHS tapes for people and sell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Cool, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay, shall we? Yes, sir. Okay, finally, for our final segment is the fourth season of the FX anthology television series American Horror Story entitled Freak Show. Mm-hmm. Some background. American Horror Story was created by Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. And Freak Show, season four, it aired on October 8th, 2014, and concluded on January 21st, 2015. The season is mainly set in 1952 in Jupiter, Florida, and it tells the story of one of the last last remaining freak shows in the United States and their struggle for survival. Hmm. Um, returning, the show was supposed to be an anthology, right? But they got several characters in here that made appearances in previous seasons. And some of the returning cast members are Sarah Paulson, who plays the two-headed, mm-hmm. the two-headed yeah, Siamese twin, yeah, uh, Bet, Bet and Dot Tatler, um, who else? Um, Evan Peters, who plays Jimmy with the lobster claw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francis Conroy, who plays Gloria Mott. Dennis O'Hare, who played Stanley, the con man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah who yeah. else? Emma Roberts, who played his uh, partner, uh, Maggie Esmeralda, who pretended to be a fortune teller. I saw her. I remember one of the episodes, yeah. Yes, Kathy Bates. She played Ethel Darling, the, the bearded, bearded lady. I remember the her. bearded lady and a Balmer accent too. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. She even said she's from Balmer. I'm like, I knew I recognized your accent. I knew it. It's funny. Um, yeah, keep going, keep going. No, we'll, we'll go. Uh, Danny Houston, Jamie Brewer, Mayor Winningham. She, Mayor Winningham. She, she's a Brat Pack member from the '80s. She was in St. Elmo's Fire. Mm, a lot of those films. All them Pack. films back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And uh, the newer cast members for this season were, um, let me see, Michael Chiklis, who played Adele, the freak show owner, and, mm-hmm. and Jimmy's father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And, yeah. um, and Finn Whitrock. You have Ben Wolf also returns to the series. And this is the first season that's not strictly an- anthological, like we yeah, said. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I noticed that, too. Like, some reoccurring of characters throughout the throughout the season. Yeah, like the Dr. Arthur Arden, who was in the, who was in the, uh, the mental hospital yeah. that... Uh, What's her face gets taken to? I forget yeah. her name. Yeah, she he was in asylum. Yeah, yeah. He did during the second season. Oh, he was in the second season. Okay. Yeah, I and see. Like its predecessors, uh, Freak Show that was met with positive reviews. Uh, the ratings were strong, like six point one three million viewers on average. That was the most watched season of the series. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I remember. I remember the promotion for it a lot because a, a girl at my job put me onto it actually. Hmm. When she showed me the the the, the, the clown, the, the yeah, clown yeah, with the clown mask, yeah, and we see why he wears that clown mask yes, later. Yeah, yes. that was freaky as hell. Very freaky. Um, it even surpassed Coven, which was the, the the highest rated installment up until that point. I see. Um, what else? Um, the show garnered tw- the series, the season garnered twenty Emmy award Emmy nominations, hmm. the most of any season of American Horror Story to date, uh, including outstanding limited series. And it got six acting nominations as well for Jessica Lange, Dennis O'Hare, Whitrock, Sarah Paulson, Angela Bassett. And Angela Bassett's on there too. She plays like I the, peeped it. I peeped it. She's there. The, the, the three titty lady. Yeah, she's there. Even um, what's her face? Patty LaBelle's in there. Mm-hmm. And Dora, the maid in yeah. that rich kid's mansion. And the girl from Precious is even in that joint. And G- Gabori uh, Sabini. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. And even um Theo Huxtable, yeah, he's Malcolm, in there. Malcolm Jamal Warner, Warner yeah, yeah, he's in there too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, let me see, Sarah Paulson, she won the uh, supporting actress in a limited season in the Critics' Choice Television Awards. Mm, mm. 
And, and also, Heather Langenkamp made an appearance in the night yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nancy. Yeah. Nancy was in there. Uh, I the, saw that. The Tupperware party the, episode. The, the massacre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they're yeah. All, all those bored Howwives are getting fingered by Jimmy's claw. No, I didn't even... What what channel does this come on? FX. Because it's very sexual. I'm like, wait, how does this shit come on TV? FX. Look, look at Snowfall. Look how that is. Yeah, but Snowfall, those sh- this show... They show sex. Yeah, but they don't show, like, nudity. This show shows ass cheeks and shit. I was like, wait, this is supposed to be on uh, HBO or something. It should be, but it and ain't. And like showing like women peeing on. I was like, wait. Mm-hmm. I was actually shocked. I was expect. I wasn't expecting that kind of. I mean, not that it's like it freaked me out or anything. I just wasn't expecting. Not what that, you were that, expecting. That, that form of graphic display on something from FX. But yeah, yeah, FX is becoming like the new HBO. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the season's theme, discrimination, it's underlined by depictions of physical and mental abuse towards the freaks, both inside and outside their circle, mm-hmm. and their struggle to survive economically. I mean, how many people still go to freak shows? Dog, I actually saw, when I went to California, there's one, there's actually one on Venice Beach. Yeah? Yeah. Dog. They still they still have these kind of, and they have, like, it's basically people that are, like, physically... Physically deformed or yeah, physical maladies. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Not exactly doing tricks. Right, right. And so, it's it's actually, the theme is similar to this. Yeah. You pay to go into the little fucking, like... Pay to look. It's almost like a, a, a haunted house type of uh, layout or whatever. You oh. pay, you go in, and you see like the different freaks. House of Wonders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's definitely one in Venice Beach. When I was there in um, 20... 15, yeah, 2015. I caught, I, I went to one actually in, uh, when we were, we were in 10th grade back in 98. Yeah. The church that I was with, uh, Pilgrim Baptist Church, they would take an annual trip to York, Pennsylvania to like a, a an event called the York Fair, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of, uh, it's, it's like a county fair kind of, sort of, right? Okay. And you can bob for apples, uh, get fried vegetables. They have comic books there, uh, mm. stuffed animals, all kinds of stuff, mm. right? I went with Sean, David, and Lois. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I remember what's it called? We went to a house, a house of freaks that was at the at the uh, show as well too, like the world's longest snake, the world's fattest man. They, uh, they, had, they the... had that. that they had that there. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Like for a church trip. This yeah, is... that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I also noticed certain things. I was like. The, the track that was her face performed was from Lana Del Rey. The, it's supposed to be 1952 as well, too. Yeah. All these modern contemporary yeah. tracks. And I was like, wait. when That's how I realized, oh, it was 2014. That's when that album came out, right yeah. around then. This, uh, this kind of reminded me of what, what, what they eventually did on Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Yeah, like using... It's supposed to be a past Past, setting. but they're using modern music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard of, like, uh, Evan Peters, the Jimmy, I heard a a cover that he was doing of Nirvana's Come As You Are. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, the same thing with that. Exactly. There you Mm -hmm. go. Like, she did the Lana Del Rey cover. And Um, and in Lovecraft Country, they used Lady Marmalade for one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, um... It's cool though. Um, yeah, it's cool. I, I did like what I saw. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many many things are worth discussing. The freaks, the nature of freak shows. Yeah. The violence and horror that's displayed in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, like look at some of the freaks that they got. They they got uh, uh Mapiti, the the Indian girl, is the world's smallest, smallest woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. In real life too. Oh, she is still, huh? Yeah. Mm. Uh. Matt Frazier, who plays Paul the Illustrated Seal, those are his limbs in real life. The one is that the one with the like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his little hands. Yeah. yeah, he he has um, thalidomide induced focomelia. 
okay. malformed limbs, basically. Okay. Okay. Um, the woman, the person playing Amazon Eve, that's a that's a male to female transsexual in real life. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they all have some, and each of them has some kind of physical maladies, like a uh, Elsa Mars, the German proprietor of the freak show, played by Glenn Close, mm-hmm. or or did I say Glenn Close. No, yeah, was Glenn Close in them? In the no, show Jessica though? Lange. Jessica, Jessica Lange. Lange. I'm yeah. sorry. She yeah. was was she the one that performed the music? She performed the music and she hosted the freak show. Yeah, yeah the one she's and also she the had, one. And she had like she, she had no legs. Nurse. She was was she the one? No, no, that's a different one. The one that was the nurse to the Siamese twins in the first episode. What was her name? Um, that wasn't her. I forget her name though. No, I'm talking. She's the one that performed the Lana Del Rey though. That one. I forget her name. Yeah. No, but keep going. I I cut you off. Yeah, Elsa Mars. Yeah, she has like no legs. Like, you see her by herself, she just takes her legs off. Oh, I remember her. Mm-hmm. Yay. I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, I do um, remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A- A- Angela Bass's character got three titties. Three breasts, like, yeah. like that lady from Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy's got lobster she, hands. She keeps getting mad at the dude because he keeps busting too early. The, the yeah, strong Del. dude. Yeah, the Del. strong dude. Yeah. Play, played by Michael Chiklis from The Shield. And he was on what's it called the thing in the first two Fantastic Four movies, abysmal shit, by the way. Ha! Yeah, he, he yeah he he bounced back with a shield, and here he said he didn't like playing this character at all, saying it was a dark period of his life, and he didn't like what the character was, since he's not that guy in real life. Yeah, yeah. That's like Fifty Cent saying that he didn't like playing Kanan. Well, kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kanan was a real bastard on power. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Um. Um, but um, yeah, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in this show. That's Neil Patrick Harris. So much going on. There's too many characters. A lot. Just and by the by the end of it, yeah. And, and then like, there's super. There's uh, supernatural. Like like with the Edward Mordrake played by Wes Bentley, who yeah. comes out on Halloween when any yeah. freak performs on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Like you perform on Halloween, I'll kill you. Right. Right. Um, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know, from the way the, it was presented, I don't know if this is like a satire on spectacles as well, too, in the same vein that Jordan Peele's Nope was. I was just about to say that, like, because it made, it gave you a sense of empathy for the characters, like, how... They're just trying to make a living, and yeah, y'all just stare at them and discriminate yeah, against them. everybody just discriminates and just looks at them like they're outcast or just, they're just like a freak. Sh- Deny them basically. service. Yeah. Like, is there anywhere else you guys can go? Because you're disturbing my daughter. Yeah, yeah, Like, bitch, fuck your daughter. I'm trying to eat. Yeah. And it kind of of makes you, like, empathetic. Like, man, you can't sometimes blame why these people go homicidal. Yeah. Because, like, you fucking treat them like shit. They're pushed too far. Yeah, you push them too far. And, like, when they, when uh, that character Stanley and Maggie Esmeralda talking about they're from Hollywood... And they're gonna they're gonna give the freaks more more play and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just they're just they're just they're just playing them too. And we see what happens with with them, especially Stanley. Stanley, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dell, who's supposed to be the proprietor, the owner, he he's against he's against him too. Like he got Meep sent to jail. Yeah, that was just yeah, fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and killed my petite. He did. Yeah, and he was smiling when he did it. Forty five is like, he's like, wait. He just starts smiling. I'm like. You crazy motherfucker. Crazy. She thought he was a god. I'm glad I'm glad the women gained up and killed him. Yeah. Yeah, he thought he was a god. Like, Even Elsa jumped in and shot him. Yeah. He yeah. killed my petite. That was all I need to know. Yeah. And what else? Is it a fetishization of what's different too? Because a lot of the people that aren't that aren't looking at them like they need to get the hell away from them, 
They're looking at them like, like, like they're pets. Like I want you in my home. Yeah. Now, now, now you got an idea how animals feel in a circus, dog. Yeah. Like after a while, you're like, fuck this. Yeah, I'm, fuck I'm, this. I'm gonna yeah. kill y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same thing. Same thing with them, man. And even the disturbing nature of some of the guest characters, like a uh, Dandy Mott, the rich boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he he is. He's a psychopathic man child. That's what yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. That's the best way to put it. His mother enables him, and Dora, played by Patti LaBelle, the maid. A yeah. black maid is the only woman who's not afraid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, she eventually gets killed, though. She does get killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her daughter is played by uh, Gabori Sarivi. Precious, right? Precious, yeah. yeah. Precious, yeah. What else happened? There's the obsession with fame and wealth because of spectacles, like from Elsa Mars especially. Because we see what happens with her after she leaves the freak show. She gets everything she wants. Yeah. Even back to the dude, that rich guy, he started bathing in blood. Is that what he was saying? Oh, yeah. Dandy? Yeah. Started bathing in the blood from the people, people that, that he killed, killed at the Tupperware party. Weird, yeah. Started bathing in blood. And that's yeah. how you know you're a psychopath. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, what's it called? If you kill somebody and you do shit with their blood. Yeah, because like, like, Siler from the TV series Heroes, after he accidentally killed his mother, right? Mm-hmm. He starts, there's a scene in there where he starts, one of his powers in there is seeing the future and then painting a picture of it. So he ended up painting the picture on the mother's floor using her blood and his bare hands. It's like, what kind mm, of freaky shit is fucking this? weird, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, what else? What else? Exploitation, even by one's own. Like Elsa tr- exploited the freaks pretty freaks, much. Freaks, yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Very much so. Repressed sexuality. Dell, he's secretly gay. Goes to that yeah, bathhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And, the, and true. even the tribalism of these freaks, like how they stick together and take up for their own. Like revenge. Yeah, like yeah. Revenge yeah. against Stanley after he got found out. What they that's did to true. him. That's what. That's true. Dell, and even how they tried to get Elsa later on, too. Yeah. Yeah, man, a lot was going on in the in this series, man. It was hard to keep up with at first. Yeah, at the beginning I was like, duh, there's so many characters, but then kind of follow a bit. Um, it's just it was, I, I wasn't expecting so much to unpack, but yeah, um, but I kind I got I, I kind of guess I kind of understand why it was followed so much in Arale because it was just a lot of characters with interesting stories. Um, and they kind of like, to some extent intertwined and, um, they did. Yeah. Um, like you said, at some point they had each other's back, but at the same time they were also being exploited. Um, and they just couldn't, you got the sense that they weren't free. They weren't free. No, it's like, yeah. Elsa got them out of bad situations we saw. So they yeah. kind of felt indebted to her. Like they couldn't leave. Yeah. But, <laughs> but- in reality... She was more or less uh, exploiting them, right? Yeah, she's more or less exploiting them for her own benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and treating them badly at times too. Yeah, it's like it's like a schizophrenic mother. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then again, given her experiences when having her with how she had her legs tortured and removed, yeah, it's like you, you'd be a little bit you'd be a little bit off as well too. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Now it's a good show. It's long though. Long, 13 episodes this past season. 13 episodes, yeah. most of them are like an hour and change. Mm-hmm. But if you get through it, you'll appreciate it. It's Yeah, stick with it. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll you'll appreciate it. You'll understand it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, any characters that, I guess, were your favorite or stood out to you or whatever? I did like Jimmy because of how take charge he was. 
Yeah. And um, and Pepper, Pepper, the one, the one with the, the the microcephaliac, the one with the uh. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I like her. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She appeared in Asylum. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Make sure this is still. Yeah, the makeup, yeah. the makeup, and like the the the. Even though people say that it doesn't take much to be silent, now nah, you act with your body, and that's the case. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah, because a lot you can say with body language. Yeah. 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 It was. It was. It was gory, pretty dark. Yeah, it was. It was definitely gory, but it was dark. But I mean, it's a it's a Michael horror story. Yeah, and like all ho- and like a lot of horror, like a lot of good horror stories. Really, they're making a point about society. Really. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. one. About what's it called? About discrimination against what we don't understand. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And how even the people who are victims of that, they're not, they're not exempt. They're not exempt from that, from from the umbrella of that treatment either. I agree. For, I mean, from from doing it themselves. Doing themselves. Yeah. It. yeah. I agree. I agree, man. Um, yeah. Um, if you don't come out of this feeling a little empathetic, maybe you're a sociopath yourself. Possibly. <laughs> for real, because you definitely start to feel for these characters and like. Almost feels like they're in a zoo. Yeah, exactly, a zoo. It almost feels like they're in a zoo. A, a badly, a poorly maintained zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, the reality is, this was a thing. This actually, this kind of stuff actually used to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of scary and sad. So, yeah. You got anything else for this one? Uh, nothing else for this one. Uh, uh, this was the most. I watched American Horror Story a lot. This is the most visceral one for me. And because it's Halloween, we we chose to we chose to talk about it yeah. along with the Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. movie as well yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of Halloween, you got any plans? Oh, Sai loves the kids. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give out oh, candy yeah. to the neighborhood kids. I love seeing them in their costumes. I, I love that too. But I think yeah. this time around, I will be, I'll be out with my godson as well and actually partaking. So. Okay. Yeah, but I want to get. I have a I have a mask and everything, but I want to get something that's gonna scare the kids that I encounter in the streets too. So oh, uh, still get some from from Spirit Halloween in Rockville. Yeah, I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some before before next week. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah what that, that's that's what I got for for American Horror Story. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, um, definitely check it out if you get the chance. If you're into horror movies, this is actually my first. American Horror Story viewing. I, I know it's. I know of it. I, I know it's around. I've just never really watched it. So this was the first, I guess, season or whatever. Season, yeah. yeah, that I've watched. So it's it's cool. It's cool. I wonder how the others are. So we'll see. Yeah, well, yeah. The others are pretty straight though. This is my favorite though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. Though. There's a lot of characters. Yeah, you need you need a, a lot few, going on. You need a few days to watch this yeah. one season. Exactly, and be attentive because you can't really multitask because there's so many people right. moving pieces. So you gotta be a little more attentive. Yeah, watch one season a week if you're inclined. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It'll be done in a few days, but it's like you you can't really binge watch the whole. Yeah, the whole it's, thing. it's a lot to it's a lot to take so much in. to take in. Yeah. It's a lot to take in this especially this one. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, but yeah. Okay, that's episode eleven. Yeah, before we ride out, you want to plug in? Yes. What's it called? Check out our football podcast, the VFL Podcast Victory Formation Lounge. Yeah, we got um, we got an IG page, we got um, <clears throat> we got a YouTube page as well too, and we're gonna be broadcasting on um, on all the streaming sites as well too once we pick up more. Yeah. So check that out. Yep. Tuesday nights and, and Friday, Friday nights, nights. We, yes. we stream live, and if you don't, if you can't make it live, you can still 
listen to us on YouTube later. Um, mm -hmm. The link is in the bio, and you can follow the page as well. Also, you want to plug in your yeah, plug in my my soul my my um my podcast on YouTube, the Shack House. Yeah, yeah, check that out. Marvel, hip hop, we cover it all, Everything, all the nerdy shit. It's good, trust yes. me, it's really good. Mm -hmm. The link to the to his, his Instagram page is there. His link to his um his YouTube page. He's also on all the other platforms as well, right? Like, yes. Um, Spotify, all of that. So all you those could just check it out. Um, it's also going to be the link is also going to be. In the bio of this, it's going to be yes. in the in the adverts on Instagram. So check those out. Check those out when when, sure. when they pop up. They'll be in yeah. there in the next few days, yeah. Thursday or Friday. For sure, for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. And thank you guys for joining us yet again. Thank you, thank you for uh, having your time. Um, hope you enjoy the show. Comment, Comment, like, subscribe, and let us know if there are any if there's Let's any. That's not what you think. Period. Yeah, what Good, you think. Period. Bad, neutral, whatever. And then in the future, if you want us, if there's any movie or show or wrestling event that you want us to cover, feel free to share. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll take a we'll yeah. take it into consideration. Yeah, we can't so. do all the thinking. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we love y'all. Exactly. You know we love our viewers. Word. Without y'all, we wouldn't be sure. doing this. For sure. For sure. But okay. uh, thank you guys, and hope you guys have a happy Halloween. Don't be stingy on the candy. Right. Give them to the kids, dog. Don't keep them for yourself. Word. Yeah. We out. We out. Peace. Peace.